return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. You might have had the most rotten week that you could think of. (laughs) You might have failed in 15 ways. I'll tell you what, he's still good and he still loves you. He's not out to hurt you, harm you. He's out to bless you. Hallelujah. All right, let's stand with our Bibles for a second. Say with me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you. And Ron, there. All right. Bless everybody watching us here from the congregation as well as other countries and nations. We welcome you to the Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota, upper Midwest part of the United States. But we bless you in the name of Jesus, and we want you to know how much he loves you. So no matter what country, no matter your background, no matter what religion you are, Jesus Christ loves you. He's got a wonderful plan for your life. Hallelujah. So I'm talking today, just sharing a little bit about overcoming fears, which is a good thing. Amen. Uh, you know, the world, the world is in turmoil, obviously. Uh, If you follow any news whatsoever, I mean, the government has turmoil, the economy has turmoil, there's job turmoil, there's health care turmoil, there's terrorists, there's wars. And then, of course, people think about the future. Wow, the future, what's coming? Uh, There's a scripture that says in Luke 21, verse 26, when Jesus is talking, there'll be signs of the sun and the moon and the stars on the earth, distress of nations, perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, Men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven will be shaken. Uh, you know, people says that men's hearts will actually fail for fear. And it happens, you know, people start looking at all the other things happening in the world. They start looking at the adversity and they start looking at things, especially thinking about what's tomorrow going to be like. Without God's help, the future looks Terrible. But with the help of Jesus, the future is bright. There's two ways to look at things. As a Christian, of course, you want to look through the perspective of the Word of God, especially the New Testament filter, and you see how good he is, how he's going to take care of you and me. He always has, always will. We have a home in heaven, which is wonderful. That's the way you look at things. Now, do we understand everything that's going on? No, it's, I just call it devilitis. That's the devil, all right? The God of this world is causing what he does. He causes wars, rumors of wars. He causes havoc. He destroys lives. Steal, kill, and destroy. Look at the fingerprints on something. If that's what it is, it's the devil. Say, the devil. You know, a lot of churches don't even say anything anymore. It's like, 
I always say this, this, if you don't know who your opponent is, you'll never win. So if you don't, you know, we teach people to win in life. So adversity comes from the adversary. So yesterday there was a game, okay, and the teams wore different colored jerseys. How about that? Why did they do that? So they knew who they were, who their opponent was. So if I'm a quarterback and I'm going to throw to somebody, I'm going to throw it to the person who's got my colored jersey on, right? And not to the other one. So when you know who your opponent is, then you can start winning in life through the Word of God. Right? That's why we, we do recognize our adversary is the devil. Everything that happens is not God. All the events in the world is not God. Amen. People say, oh, he's controlling all this. No, he's not. He ha- he's wrote, written the book from the beginning, from the end. He's the Alpha and Omega. However, people have choices in the world. Now, what he's controlled is that he's coming back again. He's going to establish his kingdom. Hallelujah. Coming back for his people. But in the meantime, there's many in this valley of decision. Do I follow Jesus Christ? Do I not follow Jesus Christ? So we have to understand uh, uh, men's hearts failing them only because they're not looking at the right source. All right. Because all these things in the world. Let me just say this. It will get worse. It will get worse. Why do I know that? Because the Bible talks about that, all right? That, that those things will get worse. So, so knowing that, then knowing then we should understand how we want to dig in the Word of God to have His victory. So worry, worry is something that we all face, all right? There's fears, there's worries and so forth like that. But worry, people are taught to worry. Did you know that? Worry is a learned behavior, when you, see, when you see a baby, a, baby's, a baby isn't like this, gumming himself, worrying. Am I going to get fed again? Am I going to get changed? Is mom and dad going to take care of me? Babies don't worry. People learn worry. You know, you know what I mean? They learn to worry. Birds aren't out there worrying. They're not like, oh my goodness, winter's coming, we're going to starve. They're not worried. God takes care of everything that he's made. He'll take care of you. Turn to someone and say, he'll take care of you. We worry about things that most of the time, 99% never happen. So that's what the devil does. He's a liar. He tells us lies and gets us to think too much about stuff, which you don't want to do, right? All right, now 2 Timothy chapter 1. It says, you know, very simple verse, but God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Now, notice that it says it's a spirit of fear. Anytime you're fearful, you're, uh, you have an enemy, you have an evil spirit that's trying to get you to be afraid. And that's, that's why it's even very sad, you know, this time of year, people watch horror shows and all the things like that. Not good! <laughs> Not good to plant all those things in your mind and so forth. And that's what the enemy tries to do. But God has not given us a spirit of fear. What has is, what is, uh, what is God given us? He's given us a sound mind. Now, a sound mind is something someone that will just think correctly. Might look at the same set of circumstances, but it's going to think correctly. Amen? Yeah. Who's given us a spirit of fear? If God hasn't given us, who's given it to us? The devil's given it to us. All right? Notice, this, notice the wording, though. Again, God hasn't given it. A spirit of fear. You don't find 
godly fear is reverence, all right? But this is, this is, this is antagonistic fear. Causes you to be in turmoil. Causes you not to sleep. Causes you to be, you know, upset in your lives and so forth. So in 3 John 2, he says, Beloved, I wish above all things you may be in health and prosper even as your soul prosper. And what he's just saying, he says, he's just saying, I want you to trust God because he'll take care of your daily needs. So physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially, God wants to take care of your needs. And he says that because there's probably three main areas, and there's offshoots of all these, three main areas of worry, but it would be money, health, and your future. People are worried about their money. People are worried about their health. People are worried about their future. Future could also involve your family and so forth. So the Lord is saying, hey, I'll take care of you. Don't want you to worry about your money, your health, your future. Now, should you be a good steward of your money? Yes. Should you have a budget? Yes. Should you not overspend? Right. <laughs> Should you live below your means? Right. Don't spend more than you take in. Good, good, just good philosophy. Your health. Should you take care of yourself? Right. I mean, you can't say, oh, I'm really worried about my health, but you refuse to exercise, you refuse to eat right, you refuse all that. Well, no, no, you, got, you have a part to play in it. But he doesn't want you worried about it. Your future. What can you control about your future? Who can control tomorrow? Well, you and I can't. We know God has already been there. And if he's there, all, all we have to do is keep our eyes on him today. Sufficient unto the day are the troubles of it. So just listen, work, live today, stay in the word, and then you wake up tomorrow and you're ready for a new day. Amen? Your family, you can't control choices your family makes. We pray for our families. We want them to make good choices, but you can't control people. God doesn't control people, so I command they make the right choice. Well, you can't do that. That'd be like commanding the, oh, everybody goes to heaven and everybody's not going to heaven. They have a choice. Where people spend eternity will be their own choice. So fears, fears come in all these areas, three, three main areas. But fears a lot of times usually attack at night. Why is that? Why, why would fears, people lots of times be more fearful at night or more fearful in the night or when they go to bed? Usually because they're not active. They're not busy. People are busy during the day. They're doing their job or they're doing things, occupies their mind. And now at night, all of a sudden, they're not doing that. And all these other things like a cloud can settle in. So people tend to be more fearful at night when their mind is not occupied, then during the day. People say, I do, I do really good at day. And then why is, what happens? People start taking all kinds of sleeping medicine or sedatives or whatever to sleep. Now everybody, everybody's got a mind, right? And what you put in your mind is important. You have eye gates and ear gates. What you choose to look at, what you choose to hear goes into your brain. So based on what you're choosing to look at and choosing to listen to is going to affect your life. It's going to affect it right now, but if you keep planting those seeds, it will affect you for the future. So sometimes there's things you just realize, well, I just got to 
cut that off. I sure wouldn't, I sure wouldn't watch the news late at night. Sure wouldn't watch a horror movie. Sure wouldn't watch something bad. I wouldn't want to listen to something like that. So you choose what you plant. Your mind is like fertile ground. And all these things are seeds. What you see is a seed. What you hear is a seed. It's all seeds going in your brain. I'm not going to overcome my fears if I continually plant things that nurture fear. Not going to do that. So I have to plant things that nurture faith. What would those things be? Well, they would be like things of the gospel, right? It would be things of praise. It would be things from Scripture. Boy, nowadays with people have smartphones and smart TVs, but they're only going to be as smart as the operator. So the person who's operating the smartphone and the smart TV has to choose to, boom, put in something good. Right? I mean, like, so even for me, I'll put an earbud, you know, but I'm in the gym and I'm just listening to praise songs. I'm at a machine, my hands are in the air, and they think, boy, he loves to stretch. I love to stretch, and I love to worship, you know. Because in my head is going praise songs. And I'm praising God and honoring Him. No one else knows that, but I'm just thinking, oh, this is wonderful. A lot more fun to exercise when it's that way, right? (laughs) So you choose what you can plant in your brain. Everybody listening to me right now faces this. So if we're going to overcome fear and we're going to get better and better in our lives living in peace, then you have to start doing these things. Where's your faith? <laughs> right? Who are you trusting? We all, have, we all have a future. We're all here right now in this area, but we all have a future in different places. What we're going to do. So we all have to think, where is my faith going to be? What am I going to trust? Let's look at a story here. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4 talks about a story of progression, a progression that goes from concern to worry to all-out fear of death. (laughs) And so here are the disciples. And Jesus says, let's cross over to the other side. Now, it is God's will that they cross over to the other side. You can be in the will of God and still face tremendous battles. Being in the will of God doesn't mean you're exempt from trouble. No, the enemy wants to always fight and hinder your walk of faith. So Jesus said, let's go to the other side. They left the multitude. They take Jesus as he is. There's other little boats. And there's a great windstorm. And the waves beat in the boat, so it was already filling. So now we have experienced disciples, some of them who are fishermen, some of them who understand weather and water and boats, and so, you know, there's a storm that rises. Notice, notice the storm rises. But anyway, gradually, you know, how many know there's a wind? There's a wind. Boy, this is contrary wind. Boy, it's good. the waves are getting bigger. So it starts with concern. We all have concerns, right? Things you look at and you think, kind of concerned about that. Concern then progresses to worry. All of a sudden, there's water in the boat. They don't have a bilge pump. Bilge pump in Modern boats pumps out water that comes in. So they've got whatever pails. <laughs> Pailing out water out of the boat. All right? So they've gone from concern to worry. Like, can, can you get that, John? John, pail faster. You know, Peter, do this. And they're working faster and faster. And then it goes to all out fear. Because they can't stop the water from coming in. And the water gets deeper and deeper. And they're concerned for their lives. Now, a lot of people in those days, they didn't have swimming lessons. <laughs> and it's difficult to swim anyway when the waves are big. 
So they don't have life jackets. They don't have conveniences maybe that you might have. And now they went from concern to worry, all out fear. So now it's evening. Now notice, notice uh, it's nighttime. Okay? Nighttime, the enemy attacks, and there's other boats and so forth. Notice it's a great windstorm. The waves beat in the boat, so it's filling. Let's go to the next verse in a second. So as he was in the stern, now notice Jesus is actually asleep. Pretty remarkable. This wave is, this boat is going up and down. They're, I'm sure, shouting at one another, the disciples, as far as to work and do things more. If you've been outside in wind, you can hear the wind howl. You know, the wind's noisy. And through all that, Jesus is asleep in the storm. Now, this is a demonic, this isn't a godly attack. This is a demonic attack. Why? Because the devil's always trying to destroy lives. All right, this wasn't sent by the Father, you know, because Jesus rebuked the storm. So if it was sent by the Father, he's rebuking the Father. Doesn't do that, all right? Those, those kingdoms don't match that way, his kingdom. So, so, so it comes from the devil. Jesus is asleep. So notice that, that he's asleep and they wake Jesus up. Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? So the disciples go, they get in the boat. He's great, we're going to the other side. A little wind comes up and so forth. They're kind of concerned so forth. Then the waves start coming in. The concern goes to worry. Notice now, it goes to, from, from all these things, it goes all the way down to the fact they're going to die. We're going to die! Not bad. <laughs> and notice as they, they address Jesus, they say, don't you care? <laughs> don't you care? So, experiences uh, there can be progressions. Anything in life, there can be progressions. You know, you have a concern for your family. It can be a progression from good to bad. It can be a concern in your finances from good to bad. Anything like that can progress if you don't stop it at a certain point in time. When's the best time to stop it? Before it's all out fear thinking you're going to die. Right? That's when you want to stop things. That's when you want to come to a place to realize, you know, I'm going to... I'm going to stand against that so that my circumstances don't overwhelm me. So, Jesus rises. He gets up, rebukes the wind and the sea. Peace be still. Wind ceases. There's a great calm. And he says, why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? He asks two questions. Why? You should ask yourself, why am I fearful? Sometimes we have to take this and compartmentalize in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, it says, take captive your thoughts and you stop to think, why am I fearful? Why am I worried here? I've gotten up in the middle of the night before and thought, why am I thinking about this? Why am I thinking about this? I've sat down in my office, at home office, and I said, all right, I'm going to stand on the word of God. Pray in the spirit. Just pray. Just, well, it's, you know, I'm just going to uh, stand, you know, against the attack. And I realize I'm not going to think about this. So you push out the bad thought and push in the good thought. Push out the bad thought causing you to worry. Push in the thought to say, Jesus, my trust is in you. So why am I, you have to identify, why am I fearful? You should write this down in your notes. Why am I fearful? Why am I facing this? The second thing you should write down is where is my faith? So Jesus says, why are you fearful? How is it you have no faith? Is where's your faith? He asks them questions. And he challenges us all the time. He'll ask us questions. When I'm praying 
when I'm talking to the Lord and so forth, then I listen and he'll say, many times he'll say, why are you thinking that? Why are you looking at those circumstances? I remember when we, when we pioneered the church and we met uh, for years in a rented room and so forth like that. And, and uh, then we stepped out and we were going to begin to have a building fund and we were going to save money. And it looked like a huge deal. And I, and I told the Lord, I said, Lord, there's, how, can we, how can we raise this kind of money, huge amounts of money, with the people we have? You know, we don't have, we don't have huge givers. We don't have all these things. And the Lord said to me, he said, why are you looking at them? Good question. Why would you look at them? They're not your source. I'm your source. Why would you look at other people to supply your need when I'm the one who supplies your need? You have a job and you might think their job supplies my need. No, God through that might supply your need, but Jesus is your supplier. You always have to understand that. That's even when we honor God. We're honoring him because he is our supplier. That job could be gone tomorrow. Who knows? Jesus is your supplier. Jesus will take care of you. He will meet you where you're at. Thank God for grace. I love grace. You know, sometimes people didn't have learned. Maybe they learned late or didn't, couldn't save or couldn't do different things. But now, now at a point in their life, they realize, I need help. He will help you. Yeah. Turn to your neighbor and say, God will help you. He will always help you. He's with you. He's on your side. So you want to always take things, stop it at concern. Don't let it go to worry. And for sure, if you're fearful, boy, cast your cares on Jesus. Amen. Put your trust in him. You know, most people pray, they, they wake up, Jesus, don't you care that we're perished? I'm sure they told him all their circumstances. God knows your circumstances. I'm sure it wasn't like Jesus wakes up like, oh my goodness, what's going on? You know, I don't think he was shocked. Oh, you got some water problems here, huh, boys? Okay, we'll take care of it. Peace be still. So we don't have to inform him. We just have to believe him for the answer and the things that we face. Now, let's look at another. Let's go to the next chapter in the book of Mark, chapter 5. We don't want to, we don't want to worry, amen? This is an interesting story. I love it. So one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, comes to Jesus, falls at his feet. He begs him, says, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So this is a big step. The, the ruler is stepping out publicly. You know, he's a Jew, part of the, the, the Pharisees and so forth. He's stepping out publicly to ask Jesus for help because his daughter's dying. He's desperate. And so in the meantime, this is in the meantime, what happens is the people come around Jesus. Now, there's a crowd around Jesus. The Bible uses the word thronging him. So they're bumping into him and all the things. And then here comes the woman with the issue of blood, reaches out and touches his garment. And Jesus stops and said, wait, somebody touched me. And they're all said, hey, everybody's touching you, touching you. And Jesus said, nobody, somebody touched me in faith. And the woman is healed. Now, after that set of circumstances, then comes the next verses here. And those verses says, uh, Mark 5, do we have the other verses up there? Is it uh, 35, 36? There we go. So while Jesus was still speaking, addressed the woman who'd been healed. Someone come from the ruler of synagogue's house and says, your daughter's dead. Don't trouble the teacher any further. Now, 
Those are some of the worst words you can hear. You get a phone call, someone's died. I, I, that's just awful. They're calls we've all had probably, if you're old enough. <laughs> calls you never want to receive. And someone comes to the ruler and says, hey, don't bother your daughter's dead. Now, when that word comes out, that's a, that's a real, um, what do I want to say? It's a word that just kind of puts a statement there. It hits you. Boom. Your daughter's dead. All right. Now, what would, what would you do then? And this is what Jesus addressed. So your daughter's dead. Don't trouble him. As soon as Jesus heard the word that she's dead, Jesus turned to the ruler of the synagogue and said, Do not be afraid, only believe. So what was Jesus doing? Fear will come knocking at our doors all the time. No one is immune. No one is immune. doesn't matter if you're a pastor or any ministry or whatever, any person on the planet. Fear will come knocking. Where do you want to stop fear? At the door. It'd be like if a robber came to my house and he was going to steal my joy and, and happiness and all that stuff. And he comes to the door and I, and I open the door and it's all plastered with fear. Do I want to say, well, come on in and then chase him around the house for the next two hours? No. You want to stop him at the door. No, you're not coming in. That's just what Jesus said to this ruler. He turns to the ruler. Here's the word. Your daughter's dead. Boom. Oh, Jesus said, don't be afraid. Immediately counteracted that word from the enemy. I got a call one day, call you don't want to have to say that you have cancer. You have aggressive cancer. We have to see you right away. They don't sugarcoat things. How's your day, Dave? How are things going? No, they don't sugar. Is this day? Da da da. This is birthday. Da da da. You've got cancer. We need to see you right away. Not fun. But I immediately just I said, thank you. Okay, thank you. I will. You know the appointment, so on and so forth. And I just I immediately just looked up and I said, you're my healer. This doesn't surprise God. The events of your day does, do not surprise God. It's not like a new thing, like he's in shock and we have to inform him. Did you hear what happened? You don't have to inform him. He already knows. He's your answer. So Jesus teaching him right away, immediately, here's the word, your daughter's dead, boom. Jesus immediately turns to him, all right, and says, do not be afraid. Replace fear with faith. So the guy had a choice. The ruler had a choice. He hears, he just has his messenger, his servant. He tells him that. He hears Jesus telling that. He's got a choice. I can go this way or I can, I can fork in the road. I can go this way. I can say, thanks, Jesus. Don't bother. We'll go have a funeral. Or you can have faith. This is my report. This is what's given to me. I'm going to choose to believe Jesus Christ. I'm going to choose to believe the Bible. It is a choice. It is a choice. It isn't like he says, Dave, you're going this way. We're going this way. You know, 
He's given me a choice. He's given you a choice. And the thing you want to do is, is have faith, right? Right? Where is your faith? Why are you fearful? Well, he was fearful because his daughter, knocking at the door, dead. Jesus said, where's your faith? Only believe. There's an old song. It's only believe. Only believe. All things are possible. Only believe. You know, we'll walk around the house. We're saying, our spirit's always singing songs. It's just wonderful. If you listen to your spirit, you'll be singing a song that will probably be your answer. So in this case, so you stop fear at the point of entrance. That's why I say don't deliberately get points of interest with your eyes and your ears and watch, watch horror shows and watch all kinds of things. Don't do that. No. Plant faith in your heart. Amen. All right, quickly here. Luke chapter 10. Oh, we've got to hurry. Okay, Luke chapter 10. We'll get through these quick. So Martha invites Jesus into her house. So it's Martha that gives Jesus the invitation. It wasn't Mary, it was Martha, all right? So it goes to a certain village. Martha welcomes Jesus. So Martha, let Jesus, come on over here, we're going to have dinner and so forth, fellowship. Jesus goes to their house. And she had a sister Mary who sat at Jesus' feet, heard his word. So Martha invites Jesus in the house, but she's busy, of course, preparing for the meal and the atmosphere and so forth. Now you go to the next verses there. And it says, Martha's distracted with much serving. Now, it could seem like it was a good thing, but she's distracted from who? From Jesus. Listen, if there's something that takes you out of the Bible, that's a distraction. Not good. If there's something that takes you away from fellowship, you chose to be here today, God bless you. But if there's something that takes you away from fellowship, not good. That's a distraction. You might think, well, it's just we're going to do this activity. But if it's taking you away from the things of God, not good. So she's distracted and she approaches Jesus to say, don't you care? My sister's left me to serve alone. And Jesus says this, very interesting. He says, Martha, you're worried and troubled, not just about the serving business. You're worried and troubled about many things. Many things. You're worried and troubled. Folks, I've been so burdened before, <laughs> you know. And, and, it's, and it can just happen pretty soon. You've got things going on in your life and you just feel like you're, you just lost several inches. Weighted down. And then you've got to shake it off. And Jesus looks at Martha and he said, Now, wait a minute. You're worried and troubled about a lot of things, Martha. He's just giving her a word. And she said, Mary really chose the thing that's the most important and would be the best for you right now. And that is, she's chosen to sit at my feet. She's, Mary's chosen, uh, one thing is needful. Mary's chosen that good part. She's sitting at Jesus' feet. She's hearing Jesus' words. Which will not be taken away from her. Which will help cure your worriedness. Help cure your fears and so forth. You're troubled, you're worried, all these things. It'll help you just to trust me. And not your own abilities. Americans are really good thinking. They have a can-do spirit. I can do that. I can do that. A lot of things you can do. But there's a lot of things you can't do. And so, consequently, people resist even putting their trust thinking, I can do this. I can do all these things. No, no, no. Put your trust in Jesus. Don't worry about it. What's needful is to be at his feet. I just want to say this. 
We advocate Bible reading. We advocate private time. But I want to advocate it again, that you need to sit at Jesus' feet. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to sit at Jesus' feet. What are you going to hear at his feet? You're going to hear his words. You're going to hear, probably you're going to hear a compliment. Probably you're going to hear him say, I love you. Probably you're going to hear him say, I'm bigger than what you face. Probably you're going to hear him say, I can help you with that if you let me. I would bring him, when the Bible says, in all your ways acknowledge him, I would bring Jesus into every area of your life so that he is your total focus. Then, go on with your life. I would guess Martha, from this time forth, was a changed person. Was a changed person. Even realizing, you know... I'm going to do what you're doing, Mary. And then they do it. And then later, they're probably both working together anyway, doing all the other stuff that they wanted to do. Let's close with this. Let's go to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. Don't let concern go to worry. Don't let worry go to fear. Don't let it be progressive. Stop it at the door. Now, this is just a general good news version, but it says don't worry about anything. I notice this says worry, mentions worry, don't worry, but anything. Say anything. anything. You know, you could, you could worry about school and so forth, or you could just say, well, I'm just going to study. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> or paying things and just think, well, I'm just going to do my best to believe for things to come in. Yeah. There's myriads of things with, you could take every person here today and they would have different things that they would be worried about. All of us are in this. All of us face this. But the good news, Jesus brought us victory. And we can overcome those things that would bombard our brains. So, don't worry about anything. All right? So, you got all your prayers. You ask God for what you need. Ask it in with a thankful heart. Let's, let's say this. Don't worry about anything. Let's say pray about everything. To simplify it. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. In other words, and prayer isn't telling him about stuff. You're giving him things. You're casting your cares, your worries, your fears on the Lord. Now notice here, it's with a thankful heart. So what are we thanking God for? So I have, I have circumstances, but I'm thanking God that he's my answer. I'm thanking God that, the, that his word is true. I'm thanking God in the case of getting a bad medical report that he's my healer. Amen. I, you see, I do this even days that I think, oh, it's not a big day. You just got a little cold. No, I do it then too. <laughs> Amen. Every, anything at all the time, I want to believe God for great health. Not just good health, great health. Turn to your neighbor and say, be healthy. <laughs> be healthy. Healthy starts with how you think and then what you do. But, you know, you start doing these things and so forth. You're thankful. Thankfulness is huge. So you're, 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 you're not worried about anything, praying about everything, and you're being thanking God for the answers. I always think let's live in the answer. Because people could look at Jeannie and I and think, well, you've got all these problems. Or you face all these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm living in the answer. Well, I don't see it happening yet. No, I know, but I'm in the answer. That's what faith is. Christians are people of faith. Say faith. We're trusting God. Not because I see, not because I'm experiencing all the answers, but I see the answer in Him. 
And when I see it, I begin to live it. What's the manifestation then? All right. I'm praying about everything. I'm, 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 I'm thanking him for the answers and so forth. I'm not worrying. The manifestation then is God's peace. God's people, Christians, should be people of peace. There should be a tranquility about you. That's why Jesus was asleep in the middle of the storm. There's peace. I can't, I can't address all my storms if I'm living in, the, living in turmoil. So, so Jesus could speak peace to the storm because he had peace in the storm. In the middle of what we go through, we can still have peace. Still have the presence of God. Still have our focus on the Lord. It's like someone's showing up and they're shooting. A, it's the, the score is tied. It's a game free throw or whatever. And behind the basket, you've got a thousand people shaking things and all the stuff like that. And the guy walks up the line. He's not walking up the line. He goes, oh, do I have to shoot this? No, he's walking up the line cool. Takes a deep breath, a couple dribbles. And what's his focus? His focus is the rim. Not the thousand people shaking things and yelling at him. His focus is where it should be. Our focus is Jesus Christ. Amen. People can say, it's a terrible what's going on in the natural. But in the supernatural, God is bigger than that. The peace which passes all human understanding. You don't have to understand it. It goes beyond your understanding. Just say, I don't know, but I don't know what, what's going to happen or how it's going to happen, but I know that he's working. Peace that passes all understanding. It will keep your heart and mind safe. In union with Jesus Christ, like an umpire. Don't think that. Think this. Don't believe that. Believe this. Don't trust that. Trust, trust Jesus. These are things that we can do, you can do, to walk in greater victory. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do this. Turn to another neighbor and say, it's not complicated. <laughs> it's not complicated. Don't make it complicated. All right? Just put your trust in Jesus Christ. Stop fear, stop concern, worry, fear. Stop it at the door. Now, I want you to just lift your hands a second. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you just to, just for a moment. In your mind, you just want to say, I'm going to think about you, Jesus. I'm going to think about you, Jesus. Now, he gives us pictures that there's this... Pictures that calm and so forth. I, I so many times just see his arms reach out to me. But however you picture that, I'm just going to think about you, Jesus. I'm going to thank you for your love. I'm going to thank you, Lord, that you're bigger than my troubles. And I'm going to thank you, Lord, that my eyes are fixed on you. And you are the Prince of Peace. So I receive that peace. You want to receive it right now. You just want to receive a calm. I receive that peace that passes all understanding. Now, don't let your mind try to think how you're going to figure it out. Don't, don't even go there. Just say, I'm going to receive your peace, Lord. I'm going to receive your peace. I thank you for the answers that you're bigger. You're the great I am. You're my Savior. You're my Redeemer. I thank you for the answers. You're my healer, my provider. You're my all in all. I thank you for the answers, Lord. Even today, I thank you that I can walk in this peace and in this victory that you give me. So, Lord, I just receive it. I receive it. I apply my faith. I look to you, Jesus. 
When you only say, only believe. Only believe. So just keep your hands up just for a minute. It's only believe. Only believe. All things are possible. Only believe. Only believe. Only believe. All things are possible. Only believe. Now let's apply our faith. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. All things are possible. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. All things are possible. Lord, I believe. Now, let's put our hands again. Lord, I receive. Lord, I receive. All things are possible. Lord, I receive. Lord, I receive. Lord, I receive. All things are possible. Lord, I receive. Thank you, Jesus. Now, stand up for a second. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say thank you, Jesus. I want you to open your mouth. Say thank you, Jesus. Say it again. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this peace. Thank you for this victory. Thank you for your love, Lord. Say hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You're blessed. We got some greeters going to the doors there, I think. We bless you in the name of Jesus. His face is shine upon you. His grace is with you. His peace is with you. Amen. Walk in the Spirit. Going to have a powerful day, powerful week. Be expecting, amen. Be expecting for great things to happen in Jesus' name. Amen. Shake hands about 10, 11 people. All right. Greeters, you can head out, head out to the door. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.